everybody. Welcome back to the H&H Hour. My name is Heather Taves, and I co-host this show with my sister, Heidi Bolt, and she is next to me. I am next to you. I've been next to you for 35 years. 35 years. Yes. We've been doing this gig together. Yeah. Not this gig, but life. We've been doing this gig for two years, Heather. Congrats. I know. We're coming up on 100 episodes. I know. I'm, I'm proud of us in a good way. You know... Here's the thing that when we first started this, we got some good advice Mm -hmm. from somebody who hosted a really successful podcast Mm -hmm. and it was completely different than our podcast. It was a sports podcast, but they said the most important thing is consistency. Yeah. And so we said, okay, if we're going to do it, we're going to commit to it and we're going to do it. You know what? The crazy thing is it's not always super easy to Mm, fit it in. No. So for instance, let me paint the picture for the listeners right now. Okay. Because I think some adults can relate to hashtag adulting. Okay. Um, so right this minute, we are recording in my schoolroom in our basement, and my boys are, um, well, they were playing hockey in the garage, mm-hmm. but now it sounds like they might be playing hockey in the kitchen, which is <laughs> literally right above right. us. So it sounds like there's elephants in my kitchen. And then my daughter, who is actually on a phone detox yes, regiment, right. is being allowed to watch the phone for a few minutes while we podcast. And she said when you gave it to her, Mommy, you said no phones. Yeah, you say no phones. <laughs> so there are exceptions to rules. And we're down here podcasting. But then one of my children just walked in, who I will remain unnameless, and said they needed to poop. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just life. Yeah, like It's it not is. always like you're in this super posh studio recording and no that's so true but you know as I was thinking about that consistency thing isn't that really what most of life requires Mm -hmm. whether it be your marriage consistency in your marriage Mm -hmm. to communicate with your spouse to go on date nights consistency in your sex life consistency Mm -hmm. in telling your spouse how you love them and what you're proud of them for consistency in your parenting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not consistent with your kids and discipline and, yeah. and um, spending time with them, you're going to see the consequences of that for sure. Consistency in friendships, yeah. consistency in going to church and being yeah. part of your church family. It, like that really can apply to any area of anyone's life. Yeah. Even practical things like your calendar, having conversations with your husband about, okay, the holidays are coming up. Yeah. What are the things we're going to say yes to and what are the things we have to say no to in order to remain sane, right. you know, and having those conversations. And um, we just ran into one of those things today where it was like, oh, you've committed to your family to do this and I've committed to my side of the family to do this. Mm-hmm. They're on the same day. How does that work? Yeah. You know, so just those conversations and we are not perfect at it. Mm-hmm. We need to get better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, the calendar side of things, just communicating, you know, it's that communication and I think we do a pretty good job of it, but mm-hmm. then I think sometimes we slack off when life gets really crazy busy, and then you start to feel it. Right. Like, Wait a minute. We haven't connected on this. Right. And you forget to talk about it, and then it, it you run into road bumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christmas but, is a week away, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> How did this happen? I feel like it's supposed to be August still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I get it. That's that's so good. But I'm so glad that that person gave us that advice, because I think, going back to the podcast, that's really what one of the values that's driven us is like if we're going to do this we're going to be consistent we're going to make sure that it's a priority and so yay well and we both tend to be a little bit this can be good and bad yeah tend to be a little bit all or nothing yeah and so yeah if we're going to do it we try to do it mm-hmm. pretty all in mm-hmm. and um so yeah it's been fun it's really so we've been a got lot of fun. 100 episode coming up which i'm really excited about yeah i don't think we should spill any beans yet about no. that because 
No, we'll, we'll keep that a secret. Yeah. Coming up. So my family had kind of an interesting situation yesterday. So our firstborn has been sick for many days. And at first we thought it was just the flu. Right. And it may have going been, around. Yeah. And some of our other kiddos had been sick and then cousins and friends and neighbors. And it was like this severe stomach bug is what it seemed like. And so, you know, as a mom, you kind of have to let your kids ride it out, mm-hmm. you know, like two days goes by, three days goes by, a few days start to go by. And then you kind of think, okay, does he need to see the doctor? Yeah, something else wrong. Well, because I don't know about you. Do you ever question, like, you don't want to be that mom that shows up with a kid at the doctor and they're like, yes, your child has a cough. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, this maybe didn't merit. I'm not one to jump quickly to no. take my kids Mm-mm. to the doctor. I err on the side of waiting too long, for sure. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do, too. And then they're like, how long has he been coughing? Yeah. It's like, right. nine days? <laughs> um, I try not to be that intense about it. But so I was having that inner dialogue of, okay, I don't really want to take him to the doctor because I think this is just the stomach bug, yeah. you know. But there were, it was kind of weird because he wasn't throwing up and – it was just a very bizarre thing. So if you rewind, we've never told his story on this podcast. We should at some point. Yes. But he had four intestinal surgeries when he was an infant. And so if he starts having intestinal pain, severe stomach pain, it's a little different than how we would handle our other two children who've never had intestinal surgeries. Right. And so a few days had passed and we'd have a dialogue with our pediatrician. And anyway, long story short, Sunday morning... We typically are up and out the door for church, and it's something I look so forward to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my Friday. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, Sunday's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Um, but we had talked with our pediatrician, and he said, you know, I think it's really time to go get some imaging done because mm-hmm. something seems like it might not be right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like four nights in a row awake, him sobbing in mm-hmm. pain, mm-hmm. doubled over in pain. Yeah. And he's not typically one to exaggerate being hurt or injured. Right. And so, anyway... Long story short, we were like, okay, change of plans. We're not going to church. You know, one of us was going to stay home, but we're not going to go to church. We, we're going to drop the little kids off with grandma at church, and then we're going to go to the ER. Well, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, hey, you've, you know, you're going to church anyway. You need to get your family, your church family there to pray mm. with you guys. And we had been praying over him. Right. A lot. Right. But so anyway, we get to church and it was just so... Incredible. And the reason I want to say this is because if you're not in a church family, you need to be in a church family because you need them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like Kip and I are leaders at our church. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times you can get stuck in that thought process of um, we're there helping take care of the people Mm -hmm. and leading the people. But it's so interesting when the roles reverse Mm -hmm. and the people take care of you. Yeah. And so we walk in and Crosley was well enough to walk, but he was in a ton of pain and just... I don't know, probably 25 of our church family just surrounded us Mm -hmm. and started praying over him. Mm -hmm. And it was so powerful. And, you know, they were our leadership team, some of our closest friends in the church. And it was just so interesting. And then your husband actually had a really strong word from God for Crosley Mm -hmm. that he spoke over him. And they specifically prayed. We pray that the results would all come back perfectly clear, Mm -hmm. that doctors would literally send him home and say, I don't think there's anything wrong with you, buddy. We hope you feel better, but we can't find anything. Yeah. And that is exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, at some point in our six-hour visit in the ER, mm-hmm. in the little room, he just started feeling better. The hmm. pain subsided and, you know, we're like, how you feeling, buddy? He's like, I feel great. You know, and his doctor was like, are you just trying to get out of here? Like, are you joking with me? Right. Or are you, are you do you, you actually up? feel better? Yeah. And he's like, 
no, I actually feel better, you know? And so just remembering God's goodness. Yeah. And it's interesting, Heather, because it this is the very same month, almost to the exact week mm. that seven years ago, Crosley had his final intestinal surgery and was discharged from the hospital for the mm. final time. And then yet seven years later, we're back in that same exact mm. hospital having these like, what if thoughts of yeah. like, are we going to have to go through this again? Yeah. And I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but when the doctor, when, so there was a resident doctor seeing him the whole time. And then the attending doctor came in to give us the test results and kept said his heart dropped when mm-hmm. the attending came in. Cause he thought this is surely bad news mm-hmm. if the attending came in. Right. And so she sits down and she's like, well guys, I got the imaging back. And she's like, it looks great. Like, I, I can't see anything, you know, out of order or anything wrong. Like, buddy, I'm so sorry you're having bad stomach pains, but everything looks great. And a few minutes later, she got up and left the room, and my husband just broke and just sobbed. Mm. And I think it was just that extreme relief mm-hmm. that we know what it's like to watch your child go through surgery, and mm-hmm. it's it's really awful. Mm-hmm. And two, just that the Lord had come through. Mm-hmm. Like, God had answered our prayers. And I think no matter how strong your faith is, every time you see God work on your behalf, it's still so humbling. And it's so personal and intimate when you realize that the God of the universe actually listened and actually came through on your behalf. So yeah, it was a crazy week for us. Um, You know, it's like the week leading up to Christmas and you're like wanting it to be all festive and fun and we had to cancel all sorts of fun plans. But I'm just remembering, looking back and going, man, God has been so faithful to our family over the seven years. Like it could have looked very different, yeah. you know, the last seven years of our journey. And what a cool gift for God to remind you of that. Yeah. You know, not that you have forgotten because you'll never forget what God did in Cross's life seven years ago, but almost this. I think sometimes we see hard things as just hard things. We're really... It's almost like God saying, hey, remember? Mm-hmm. Remember that stone you set up? Yeah. Remember that promise I made to you? Remember yeah. that healing that I did? Yeah. And when we look at it through that lens, when we say, okay, God, this is a gift from you yeah. to remember that healing that you did in him, that you're continuing to do in him. Well, it's interesting you referenced that biblical story of setting up the stones because last night as we were back together as a little family doing our bedtime routine, I told the kids the story. They've read it and heard it, but I, you know, they're little. So I retold them the story of Joshua leading the people and God saying, pick up stones out of the middle of the yeah. water and set them up as, as an altar to yeah. remember yes. what I've done for you, the miracles I've done for you. And then just a little bit later in the Bible, it talks about how that generation would, would teach the kids of what God had done. Right. But then the next generation, they knew nothing of what God had done. Which means they had stopped telling. They had stopped talking about it. The next generation about yep. what God had done, That's about right. His goodness and His faithfulness. And I just said to Crosley and the other kids, but they're so much younger that they're kind of right. like whatever. Um, I just said I feel like I don't know why the Lord allowed this, mm-hmm. but I do feel like it's us being reminded that we have a responsibility to speak about what mm-hmm. God's done for you yes. and for us, and to tell other generations, to tell other people. I said because if we stop telling. Mm-hmm. Even you, Cross, if we stop telling you your story, you are not going to know how good God has been to you. Right. You know, because you were an infant. You won't know what God's done. And even for Kip and myself to mm-hmm. be reminded, yeah. like, how faithful God was in the miraculous things that happened, in some of the forgiveness that had to be walked through, in the spiritual healing, in the physical healing. So good. The amount of people that have said, 
we learned to pray because yeah. of Crosley. Yeah. And then yesterday afternoon, my phone just literally exploded. It lit up all day and all night long with people reaching out. And it just, people said, I literally went home from church and got on my knees to pray yeah. for your family. And I just thought, man, okay, God, you are good to remind us. Yeah, so That's so good. So last Monday, I took my kids on a field trip down to the state capitol, yeah. Springfield. And it's about an hour and a half drive or so. And it was foggy, mm. like dense fog mm-hmm. to the point where I was white knuckling it, driving, you know, had like turned on some music that took my blood pressure down a little bit. Yeah. And um, just thinking, okay, this like, I have to really pay attention here because mm-hmm. I really couldn't see 20 feet in front of me. Yeah. And it was that kind of thing where you, That's unnerving. you come up to, you know, a vehicle and it's like right there and yeah. you can't see it until it's right there. And so, and I was on the interstate and, but the interesting thing is that on the left side of my car, which would have been the, the east side, because it was in the morning, the, there was the sun mm. and it was so hot, even though I couldn't see it, mm. I could feel it. Wow. And my entire left side of my body was hot wow. from it. And I had to turn my air conditioning on. What? It's December <laughs> and it was like 30 degrees outside, yeah. but that sun was beating in so much that mm. I had to turn it on. And every now and then, and so I knew the sun was there Yeah, because I could feel the heat, yeah. the presence. And every now and then I would go through a little, you know, higher elevation or lower elevation, whichever it was. It, I'm not sure um, where the sun would actually come through the fog mm. and burn off enough of the fog yeah. that I'd have a moment of clarity. Wow. And I'd be able to see for a few miles. Yeah. And then it would come back. The yeah. fog would come back. But I knew the sun was there. Wow. And I knew that it was working. I knew it wasn't going to go away. It yeah. was still going to be up there burning brightly, trying to burn off this fog. Yeah. But it didn't mean that I didn't have to drive through the fog. Yeah. Because if I was going to get to my destination, I had to drive through the fog. Yeah. The sun was doing its job, but I had to do my job too. And uh, I had to I had to slow down for vehicles that were in front of me. I had to pay attention to the exit that I needed to get off on, even pay even more attention than I normally would have had to. Yeah, because you couldn't see the had signs. Had I been able to see, I couldn't see any of the signs. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, well, a couple things. One, it was such a reminder to me of Jesus in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like the sun is always there. He's always fighting for us, working for us. He is for us, not against us. Yeah. Even when we're in the fog, when we can't see him, yeah. when we when we forget that his existence is there. Because there were moments in that fog, I forgot that the sun was there working for me. Yes. <laughs> you know? But the other thing was, is that when I was able to focus on the sun and not the fog, I felt more confident. Yeah. Like, okay, we're going to... We're going to get through this. I'm not going to stress out about the fog because I know the sun is coming. Yeah. And when so we get good. through it, you know, it's all going to be okay. That's and so I just good. need to keep my eyes on the road. Yeah. And keep driving. And I will get to my destination. Wow. And it was interesting because my husband drove to work that same day and he had a similar experience. And um, both of us didn't see it as a negative thing. Mm. We both saw it from this really cool analogy of Jesus yeah. shining through in our lives. And we had this crazy, awesome conversation about it afterwards. But it was interesting because then I talked to someone else later on and they were like moaning and groaning about the fog and mm. how terrible it was and how mm. it ruined their day. And I just thought the difference in perspectives yeah. of being able to go, and trust me, I'm not always, I'm usually, I'm often the one moaning and groaning. So just in this particular case, like I had the right perspective. But 
the different perspectives in being able to see the fog as such a negative thing or yeah. see the, the truth that was actually there that the sun was there shining. Yeah. That's so good, Heather. What a powerful word. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was thinking as you just said that is, you know, there would be some people that wouldn't have the courage to drive in the fog. Mm. And so just that thought that sometimes we are called to do the things that we have the courage for. Right. And who knows? Did you have someone following you that day or were you all in the same car? No, I had someone following me. Yeah. So not that she was worried to be in the fog, but that spiritual analogy of like you had the courage to to face the fog and to let her follow you. To, she could probably see your taillights at times. Right. And you were that marker ahead of her. Well, and here's what's interesting. I, for much of the trip, I stayed behind a big white truck mm. because I could see it. See it, yeah. And I and that truck was going pretty slow. Yeah. Um, and so that meant I was going slow. Yeah. But I knew that if I could see that truck, you yeah. know, I had I had something to keep yeah. my eyes on. And I think sometimes you need somebody in your life yeah. that's ahead of you, yeah. that has been through a situation, or that maybe has a little bit more experience, or maybe they don't. Maybe there's somebody that has had way less experience, but they're they're in front of you, and you need them to lead you. Yeah. And don't be too prideful to say like, "Hey, I'm going to stay behind this truck, and I'm going to drive a little bit slower because that's my marker," yeah. or "I'm going to stay behind this person, and I'm going to trust them right now." And when we got to the location, I said to my friend, "I'm sorry, I was I was going slow. I was staying behind that truck because." And she goes, "Nope, stop. I know exactly what you were doing." She goes, "And I was so glad you were doing it because I knew." She goes, "I was trusting you, and I knew." you were trusting staying behind that truck. That's so cool. Yeah. How powerful. Yeah. When I think too, your analogy of staying behind someone that's been ahead of you Mm -hmm. is don't then bemoan when they maybe have to make suggestions about this is why we're going to go, we're going to take this slow. You know, we're not going to speed this through. We're not going to jump ahead. We're going to drive this course Mm -hmm. because this is what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And and no, we're not, we're not going to add a lot of speed to this and we're not going to add any cool driving tricks. Mm -hmm. We're just going to drive safely through this part. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that I've done that before where I've been like, eh, I don't like that advice. I'm just going to skip it. I'm going to go around the other lane and pass them. Yeah. And, and yeah. risk something. Yeah. Yeah. I can specifically remember times, you know, as specifically probably in my young twenties, mm-hmm. some older women, like I probably should have taken more of their advice. Mm-hmm. And, um, I probably overlooked godly mentors that God was trying to give me because mm-hmm. I was like, eh, I don't like how slow we're doing this. Let's do it my way. Yeah. You know, so yeah. just that thought of, man, who who is ahead of you? Yeah. You know, that's doing it well. Yeah. That's not reckless. You know, who is ahead of you? Um, that's a good word, Heather. Yeah. That's very powerful. It was very powerful for Chris and me in that moment in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. I think it, and it's been a reminder, a constant reminder to me. I feel like as I've meditated on it a little bit mm-hmm. and written down some things from it. I feel like the Lord keeps revealing other things that mm-hmm. I need to hear from it and be reminded of. That's really good. So, Okay, Heidi, in our few minutes that we have left on this chat, I want to throw something out there that I've been thinking about lately. And I don't necessarily think we'll get through all of this conversation, but I at least want to open this door up and maybe continue it down the road. Sure. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this whole idea of when you know – that in one area of your life, you have a lot of clarity mm-hmm. and you have a very good handle on what you're called to yeah. in that area um, or what your assignment is in that particular area. For instance, I'll use myself as an example. Ministry. Okay. I have been in ministry most of my life 
um, 25 plus years. And there have been seasons where I haven't had a lot of clarity on what I was actually supposed to be doing. There have been some seasons where it's been very clear, you know, no questions. And I feel like in this particular season, I have a lot of clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not like, well, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? I mean, it's like the Lord has revealed very clearly that there are a few things that I'm supposed to be focused on specifically in ministry. Yeah. And I feel like I'm doing them well and I'm running in those lanes really well. But then there's this other part of me that I feel like I'm neglecting mm. and it's myself. Mm. It's self-care. Mm. It's almost a... My question is this. Do you think that it's possible to have complete self-assurance and identity in one area where you're like, I know this is exactly who I am and this is where I'm supposed to be, and then have an identity crisis in another area? Mm, That's a great question. Um, Assuming that's not a rhetorical question, (laughs) I think absolutely it is possible. I think I've been in seasons like that. Yeah. Um, So I think that the then the thought is if you are in that place, so like for you having such confidence and clarity in that ministry role, Mm -hmm. but recognizing maybe a bit of a lack Mm -hmm. of care for yourself, you know, because Jesus says, um, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. And that's hard because it's like, if you are loving people so well and so thoroughly, Mm -hmm. but not having the time to really reinvest in yourself. Yeah. Then what? Right. You know, it's just such an odd feeling Mm -hmm. to feel so confident in one thing and feel a little lost in another. And I'm going to use an extremely shallow example. Okay. But I have realized recently that I have stopped doing things that I really like. Okay. So like I, I like girly stuff. I like makeup and nails being done and pretty things. And I'm not over the top crazy like that, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy taking care of myself and doing things. And recently, and I would say probably I'm talking over like the last year or two, a couple of years, I've just gotten by yeah, and kind of just done, like not made it a priority at all yeah, because I'm too busy or I'm a, whatever for whatever reason. And the other day I was like, I stopped doing that kind of stuff for myself, Mm. but I love that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I love, there are certain things that I don't do anymore that I really care about. And I think it's because I've gotten so busy and so focused on this other area, which is good. It's a good thing, but I've lost a little bit of myself in the meantime. And so I've just been thinking about that. So the question then is, how are you going to create the space to be healthier in that area? Because I know our husbands have talked to both of us mm-hmm. about like, hey, make sure you're doing good things for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is just such a hard – okay, so in mom life, like speaking to the mom listeners right now, we have so many things to, to juggle. And men too. Yeah. This isn't different, you know, right. but I'm speaking from the women's perspective that it is it, – it does sometimes seem hard to find the space – to have a moment. Right. You, you neglect, you save anything for yourself for last, but there's never enough time right. to get to the last. Right. And so by the time a moment rolls around where you maybe could, let's say, do your nails or go get your nails done, it's like, I'm so tired. I'd like to go to bed instead. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's only me. But that's like, that's some of the balance I run into of like, man, I'd love to read this fun book right now. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather go to bed. Right. Then stay up an hour and read. Well, and and yes, I agree with that. And I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to work through that myself. 
for instance, I love to read. Mm-hmm. I've always loved to read. I would take, not joking, six or seven books on vacation and, and you'd read, read them, them all. all. Yes, um, in like seven days. Mm-hmm. But because of my ministry yeah. job and because of teaching my kids school and all of that stuff, most of what I read now is informational and learning and educational and, you know, feeding your brain, but maybe not your the side of yeah, you or that's like interested in books, yeah. you know, or yeah. leadership books. Yeah. Well, I, and so I have a stack of them by my bed that mm-hmm. I just, that I go through. Well, I thought, well, for the holidays, I, I'll be able to get all these books read. And I had to make myself say, no, <laughs> you're not going to read any of, because this is rest. This yeah. is where you need to rest. You need to do something for you that's going to fill you up. You're going to enjoy and not just something that can feed everyone else. Not yeah. that leadership books don't feed me. They do. But yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it is work. And so I went to the library and I checked out three fiction books. That is hysterical. I did the exact same thing, Heather. That's so funny. On Saturday, I did the exact yeah. same thing. And I'm going to read all three of those books on holiday break. Good and I'm, I'm going to literally take that pile of leadership books and put, put it, it in my office <laughs> so I can't see it. Good for but you. I had to like, that was like a major, I like I had to force myself to do that. It wasn't a natural thing for me. Yeah. I think it's probably for, okay, let's, for my husband, for instance, probably the similar thing for him would be a ton of his coworkers work every single night and work every single weekend. He will get emails nonstop from all of his coworkers at nine o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah. And he kind of draws the line. He's like, man, I'm with my family. Yeah. Like, this is not... This has to stop. So I kind of think of it like for for you, mm-hmm. like having to learn how to shut off work mode. Yeah. Because for you, ministry is work. Yeah. And so that might sound harsh to someone listening. Like how, really? Like it's about people. It is about people. Yeah. But if you can't learn how to shut off work mode, because if our husbands did that all the time, we'd be annoyed. Right. You know, I would be anyway. If he worked all the time and wasn't caring for himself or know, for his family. Problem. So, yeah. but I'm right there with you. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't sit here and say like, oh girl, I've got this figured out. Cause I don't, Mm-mm. you know? And I think it start it probably changes a little bit as your kids get older because mm-hmm. they can do more for themselves, um, like make their own lunches. And mm-hmm. my oldest is starting to get there where mm-hmm. I can say like, go make your breakfast mm-hmm. and he's fine with it and he loves it. But my other two are not even close. Yeah. But I, and I think that's part of, yes, that's true. Cause mine are there in some ways, but then I find myself just filling it up with more of the other like productive side of because I am so productive driven sometimes it's so good but it's also so bad yeah and so now kind of just stepping back a little bit in this it's it's some self-reflection happening right now Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's my age or I don't know I also realized I think I forgot mascara today (laughs) so did I which is so funny because that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Rushing around, yeah. trying to fit everything else in, and I forgot to put mascara on. Dang it, mascara is the best. I know. That's I haven't what gone I'm anywhere saying. today though, so I was home with my kids. No, but oh, I think no, it's, I, saw mom. I think it's good. But I think it's something for us all to think about and consider. Like just because you might have clarity in one area of your life, yeah. doesn't necessarily just because your career might be going great doesn't mean your marriage mm. is perfect. Ooh, that'll preach. You know, on just because I have ministry clarity right now doesn't mean I necessarily have all of this confidence in who Heather Taves is Mm. completely figured out or completely in a line with what Christ asks of me. Yeah. That's hard. I know. That's good though. That love your neighbor as you love yourself. I think it's, we often just think of the love your neighbor, neighbor part 
which is so crucial, but he says, as you love yourself. And so that self-care really is so important. Yeah. Well, I think for someone listening, you might need to, okay, maybe, maybe you can't relate to Heather at all yeah. where you do a lot for others and you do a lot of encouraging and a lot of leading. You might need to think about who can you do that for? Mm-hmm. You know, who should you be reaching out to? Yeah. Maybe you're unbalanced the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be incredibly selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with little ones, I talk to my kids a lot about, let's not be selfish about this. Mm-hmm. There will be like, oh, well, let's play a game. Well, I want to play sorry. No, I want to play Rummy Cube. Well, because I said it first, we're going to play sorry. You know, in that like ugliness of selfishness. And I tell them a lot. It, it said probably once a day in our house, hey, mom does not care. I, I literally don't like selfish people. Yeah. Like that might be really mean. It mm-hmm. probably is. But it's one of my biggest pet peeves mm. is when someone is very selfish mm-hmm. um and so i'm really trying to work with my kids on hey we might have time for both games it doesn't matter which game gets played first mm-hmm. this isn't about you right now right. this is about all of us having fun together mm-hmm. and so just thinking through man who can you serve mm-hmm. and you might be called to serve the leader mm-hmm. you might be called mm-hmm. to serve the person that's serving everyone else mm-hmm. you know because i do think kind of looking into your life heather i think sometimes people could overlook loving you serving you mm-hmm making you feel valued Mm -hmm. because you're doing it for everyone else. Yeah. There definitely have been seasons where I felt that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm so, our, our community around us is really incredible and we have an amazing community of people that do see everyone, which is awesome. But yeah, that's, that's a good word. So Christmas is coming. Christmas is a few days away. We're right up on it. Are you ready? Uh, almost. We have a birthday between now and then. Yeah. So we're sort of hyper-focused on that yeah. first. Yeah. Um, because my kids' birthdays are in December, we make a big deal of them. Try not to overlook them. So that they don't get completely just yeah smashed into Christmas. Yeah. So we have that and then we have Christmas and it'll be fun. Okay. What better month though than to share a birthday with the celebration of Jesus? That's true. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I think that's great. Okay. So happy birthday to Benny. 12. I'm going to have a 12 year old. That is crazy. I know. Yeah. And I don't think he'll listen to this. I would probably say it if he was listening anyway, he's used to his mom saying things that are straightforward, but (laughs) 12, it's just, it's an odd age. Mm. This middle school thing is no joke. No joke. They are weird. Okay. Well, you're going to be my white van in front of me because I'm right behind you. (laughs) Leading a seven year old. They're just... (laughs) They're, I don't think they know their own emotions at all, and they don't know how to even process what they're – they don't even know what they're thinking and feeling, and so navigating that is a job right now. Okay. Well, when you have that figured out, just put a sign on the back of your truck. <laughs> <laughs> this is how to my do My seven-year-old's just entering that phase. I mean, he left the kitchen crying today and went and laid in his bed, and I was like, what just happened? I, yeah. Yeah, and you don't – I don't – I didn't expect it. I, I thought my daughter would be more emotional than my son, but she's not. My son is way more emotional than my daughter. And so I was not really anticipating that much drama, mm. you know? Yeah. And it's not it's all the big time. big emotions to it's work through. It's not all the time. It's just here and there. It's, yeah. you know, testosterone kicking in. Yeah. Put the sign up, girl. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening into our random chat today. We hit all sorts of different. No, topics. this is. I mean, this is like what if you and I went out to dinner, just the two of us, which we should do. Like that'd be part of your fun. If we just had a time to go out to dinner, this is exactly what our think, conversation would sound like. Do you think it'd be awkward if we went to dinner at one of our favorite places and just put our microphone in the middle of the table? 
it might be kind of cool. Maybe we should try. <laughs> we should maybe try. Maybe we should try. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But that's how, this is how our conversation would go. We would ebb and flow between the deep and the spiritual, the, oh my word, girl, I forgot my mascara. Yeah. And that's, that's what ordinary life really is it about, really is. isn't it? Yeah. Just having those good heartfelt conversations, yeah. but. And that's kind of been our goal is like, we mm-hmm. can't pull everyone up to the table. Yeah. We would like for them to at least feel if you're sitting in your kitchen or driving in your car, like, hey, feel like you were a part of this chat. We wish we could hear. Like, we wish there could be feedback. I That'd know. be super I fun. Well, I think that's why when we ask for feedback, yeah, you know, when you comment on our Instagram posts or when you leave a review on iTunes, it yeah. really is like we're having a conversation. Yeah. You know, because right now it feels a little one-sided. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, you know, go leave a, a review on iTunes yeah. and, and talk back to us. We love that. And I always tell our listeners that do message us, like, hey, feel free to shoot us any ideas that you'd love to hear us chat about. It doesn't necessarily mean that we will. We might though. Right. Because we've, I personally love to talk about things that our listeners are wanting to hear about. Yes. Because that's part of us loving you well. Mm -hmm. And talking, talking back and forth. Yep. That's good. So thanks so much for listening. You can go to iTunes. You can leave a review and click those five stars. We would love that so much. And also just share it. It's super easy to share on your Instagram post. You can screenshot it, put it on your stories, tag us, you know, and then other people see it. And that, that just blesses us so much and Mm -hmm. helps us know that this has encouraged you. Um, And we're going to be back next week for a special Christmas episode. Sounds good. Merry Christmas. Bye.